0: You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition.
1: Thank him, he's gonna turn your struggles into good. Come on, thank the Lord. Thank him that his plan is coming to pass. He's at work every day. You're on the potter's wheel every day. You are his workmanship every day, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And you have the why advantage. Oh, you and I have the why advantage. We've got that vertical, bigger picture advantage. It'll carry us through anything.
0: Regardless of the challenges that may arise, nothing is more important to your testimony than keeping your witness pure. In today's message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that your witness should always stand as an unwavering testament to the integrity of the gospel. If you want your words to pierce the hearts of those who don't know Jesus, you need to rise above the world's sin. Through a commitment to purity, let your proclamations of God's gospel usher in a new era of love in your life. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Genesis chapter 37 as he continues his message, Victory Over Bitter Betrayal.
1: They sell their brother up the river. Please,
2: Get get the reality of this because this is the blackest day of Joseph's life. The Midianite traders shackle him. We know this by the Psalms. They shackle him.
1: They put him probably in some kind of a cage in the back of the uh, cart. And he's carried off with his 11 brothers staring at him, watching him go. Now he knows this is no joke. They're not playing with me here. This is real. He's taken all the way to Egypt. What a lonely ride that was. What a terrifying ride that was. He's taken to Egypt. And in Egypt, he is put on a slave block. And on the slave block, he's sold. The Bible says that Potiphar, a captain of Pharaoh's army, sees him and purchases him and takes him home as a slave. Now I want you to stop and think about the homesickness and the emotional heartbreak that this young teenager was experiencing. Amen. The dreamer, the one God had spoken to
2: clearly with dreams. Now he is in hell on earth. What in the world is going on? Where's the God of my dreams?
1: Where's the God that gave me those dreams? This doesn't look like my dreams to me. They're not bowing to me, I'm bowed to them. The hardened faces of his own flesh and blood brothers watching him carried away in chains was burned onto his mind. Meanwhile, those same wicked brothers get a load of this, fed their father the terrible lie that Joseph had been eaten by wild animals. Can you imagine being told that about your child?
2: And they let him live with that lie for 13 years. Wicked. Cruel. Jacob went to
1: sleep how many times trying to put out of his head what must have been the final moments of his beloved son when it didn't even really happen? But the Bible makes it plain, please hear me, that God was at work through the whole thing. You got me now? Track with me. God was at work through the whole thing because Joseph was his. And he'd given Joseph these dreams. Joseph had a call on him, a purpose for him, a plan for his life. And even the wickedness of people did not stop God's plan from coming to pass. The Bible says in Psalms 105, 17 to 19, watch this. Then he, God, sent someone to Egypt ahead of them. Joseph, who was sold as a slave, Who sent him to Egypt? I thought it was his brothers. I thought it was their plot, their scheme, their plan. I thought they sold him up the river. No, no, no. Here's here's the power of the sovereign God. He takes even what wicked people do and he makes it serve his purpose. And so it says, then God sent somebody to Egypt. Who? Joseph. God sent Joseph to Egypt. The brothers would have said, we did it. Joseph would have said, they did it. But God said, no, 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 he's mine, I did it. See, he's ordering your steps today. If you're his child and most everybody in here is, he's ordering your steps no matter what people do to you. What people do to you or don't do to you and how you're treated by others, does not stop the mighty hand of God. He just said, I'm going to make that work together for the good of those that love me and are the called according to my purpose. Nothing can stop God's plan. Can you say that with me? Nothing can stop God's plan. Come on. Now, right when you think things can't get any worse, they get worse. The Bible says Joseph was handsome. He was was a looker. He was a good-looking guy. And eventually Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him. And when he refused her advances, she falsely accused him of sexually assaulting her. And Potiphar threw him into prison. I've often wondered, did Potiphar really believe her? I don't know. Doesn't really matter. I just kind of think he looked at this whole situation and said, something about this doesn't ring true, but I better put him in prison if I want to stay in peace at home. So Joseph is thrown into prison for something he didn't do. Thrown into a dungeon, an Egyptian dungeon, for something he didn't do. So he goes from a slave caravan to a slave in uh, an Egyptian's house, and from there on down into an Egyptian prison. Not very promising. Where's the dreams? What's going on here? More betrayal, more abuse, more unfairness fall upon Joseph. But that did not mean God was not with him. And can I apply that to us today? We, we have a tendency of looking at somebody going through trials and we say, well, I wonder what they did that has grieved God. I wonder what they did. What sin is in their life? Like Job's counselors, what'd you do, Job, to get all this on you? But the fact is, sometimes somebody going through all kinds of trouble is a clear indicator that God's hand is on their life and Satan is attacking their life. But I got news for you. God's plan will come to pass. Amen, amen, amen. Not only has he been rejected by his brothers and sold into slavery, but now his sterling reputation has been stained and sullied by a
2: scurrilous lie. He's in prison now, the dreamer. Now why he's in prison,
1: Pharaoh, king over all of Egypt, threw two people in the prison with him, his chief butler and his chief baker. And they both end up in prison. And Joseph's making his rounds because he's been put over the jail. The the, the warden has seen God's hand on his life, and God favored him. Even in jail, God favored him, and he's over all of it. So he's making his rounds, making sure everybody's okay. And he sees the chief butler and baker with troubled faces. He said, what's wrong, guys? They said, well, we had dreams. Joseph said, tell me your dream. Somewhere in what was happening to him, he began to learn his gift and cultivate it. He said, tell me the dream. And they told the dream. And Joseph said, let me interpret it. The chief butler, you're going to be restored to your position under Pharaoh. But the chief baker got bad news. You're going to be hung. (laughs) The chief butler greatly appreciated a prophet. The chief baker, not so much. But the Bible says it came to pass just like he said, just like he predicted. And Joseph asked the chief butler, right before he was restored to his position under Pharaoh, he said, please remember me. (laughs) Do you hear it here? Please remember me. I've done you a favor. I've ministered to you. Please remember me. Do me a favor when things go well with you. He said, mention me to Pharaoh so he can get me out of here. for I was kidnapped from my homeland. He's telling the truth. I was kidnapped, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison, and I did nothing to deserve this. But the chief butler callously forgot about him for two long years until Pharaoh had two dreams and nobody can interpret them. And the chief butler goes, wow, I forgot, Pharaoh. There was a guy in the jail that predicted exactly, that interpreted my dream, that I'd be restored to my position. And Pharaoh said, get him now. Now, here's Joseph in prison. And all of a sudden, he's told Pharaoh wants to see you. Well, that means either I'm about to be killed or something's going on. I don't understand. So he shaved, he combed his hair, he put on his prison best. And he's brought right in front of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said, I had two dreams. And I hear that you're an interpreter of dreams. And Joseph had cultivated his spiritual gift. In the midst of all of these trials, he had grown spiritually where his gift was to interpret dreams by God. And he told him the dreams. And Joseph nailed the interpretation. He said, a great famine is coming to the whole world that's going to last for seven years. And there's going to be seven good years to prepare for it. And amazed by his supernatural insight, Pharaoh set him over all the land of Egypt, second only to himself. So, you ready for this? He went from gutter to glory in one day, he went from pit to pinnacle in one day. Everybody say, promotion is in the hands of God. And right when it looks like you are in and there's no way out and, and you're stuck and, and, and there's no exit door and how, how is this ever going to change? Listen, God can open any door. God will make a way where there is no way. And when God gets ready to promote you, not man, not devil is going to stop it. He's going to bring his plan to pass. Amen. Amen. Now, the million dollar question. Here's where I want to go with this message. How did Joseph, everybody, he's a human being like you and me. How did Joseph deal with what happened to him?
2: During those long trying years, let me ask a question. How did he emotionally survive it? And here's another one. How did he emerge with his faith in God?
1: Because it looked like everything he had dreamed, the opposite was happening. Everything God showed him, the opposite took place. Circumstances did not validate or confirm his dream. How in the world did he emotionally survive his brothers selling him into slavery?
2: Slavery. and never come looking for him. Never. Here's 13 years have gone by. They've never come looking for him. They never said we shouldn't have done that Let's find out where they took him and go find him and bring him home. Never. how do he deal with that? And, 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 and God, how have you let all this happen to me? Where are you, God? I thought you were
1: in charge of things. How, how has all, this, uh, all these things befallen me? How, how, how has all this happened? Where are you? Where were you? Uh, I had my faith in you. You gave me those dreams. It goes to show you, that when God gives you a call, when God gives you a purpose, and all of you have a call and all of you have a purpose, that when there's a purpose and there's a plan, sometimes between between A and B, there's a long gap where God is dealing with you, teaching you your spiritual gift,
2: humbling you, preparing you for the moment that he's going to say, come up hither.
1: The Bible tells us how he survived. After his father Jacob died, his brothers said, "Uh uh-oh, dad's gone. So now we are really terrified he's gonna take vengeance on what we did. Dad being here restrained him, but dad's gone. And his brothers went to him and said, hey, please don't hurt us. Now listen to what he said. Joseph, listen, he didn't have the New Testament. He didn't have the blood. He didn't have the teachings of Paul on forgiveness, teachings of Christ on forgiveness, none of that. And yet God's hand was on him. Look what he said. Don't be afraid. God turned into good what you meant for evil. For he brought me to this high position. He brought me to this high position I have today so that I could save the lives of many people. Catch this, everybody. He brought me here. And here's why that the lives of many people could be saved. He understood his why, his purpose, why he was on earth. He understood it. And not only to save many people alive, but to save the lineage that would bring forth Christ from total starvation. They would have all been wiped out and the lineage of Christ would have been stopped in history. So God had to keep them alive during a worldwide severe famine. So he raised up Joseph, used what wicked people designed against him brought him into Egypt, taught him his spiritual gift, humbled him, put steel in his soul, and then raised him up to be the decision maker that kept the whole world alive, including the lineage of Christ. In everything he went through, he saw God's hand on it. In everything he went through, he saw God's hand on it. And that's, that's what the why is. That's what the, seeing the bigger picture is. No matter what you go through, you see God's hand on your life. Faithful is he who calls you, who also will do it. And I am persuaded that he has begun, that has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, who also will do it. And he will perfect that which concerns you and me. He saw God's hand. In his life, through all the trouble, he saw it. And I want you to notice that the why advantage, knowing knowing what he was going through was somehow in God's plan, protected him from two very destructive things. And I'm gonna close. Watch this. The destroyer of bitterness. It protected him from the destroyer of bitterness. Bitterness is a destroyer. If anyone in the Bible had a right to be bitter, had a cause to be bitter, could have easily gotten bitter, it was Joseph. But you know what? Read the Bible, read the story. There's never one hint of bitterness in his whole life. Not one smidgen, scintilla, hint, thimbleful,
2: none. He never got bitter. How? I would have. Matter of fact,
1: as soon as I was second only to Pharaoh, I'd have given some orders, go find those boys. I've got all the power of Egypt behind me. Let's give them the shock of their life. No, but he didn't. His words to his brothers reveal the why advantage that saw him through their betrayal. Don't be afraid of me, he said. Am I in the place of God? You know what that says? Joseph knew God was in charge the whole time those whole 13 years of suffering. And it's not for me, he said, to avenge myself. God's going to set everything straight in the end. I leave vengeance into his hands because he is in charge. He had the why advantage, the faith advantage, the bigger picture advantage. Since God's been in charge this whole time, he's in charge of me now and he's in charge of you. And if vengeance is going to be meted out, he's going to do it, not me. He knew that God had a purpose for his suffering, and that kept his heart tender. He didn't get hard-hearted, didn't get angry, bitter. It enabled him to respond to his brothers with mercy. Can I give you a little secret? If you're in church, you're going to get hurt. Well, I thought everybody in the church was a bunch of angels. Hello? Can I give you a big wake up call? We're all sinners saved by grace and none of us are perfect yet. And so we're gonna rub each other wrong. We're gonna get each other offended from time to time. And that doesn't mean you've got a call to pick up your marbles and go home and go to the next church because when you get to the next church, you're gonna be there and your herd is gonna be there and you're gonna repeat the same thing until you realize some things that I go through, God wants me to learn to trust him like Joseph did. One person wrote, forgiving somebody may cost you your pride, but not forgiving them will cost you your freedom. God knew that, and he kept Joseph free of bitterness from those 11 brothers and that lion woman, Potiphar's wife. I've often wondered, what did she do when she heard that he was second only to Pharaoh? I think she said, honey, I feel called elsewhere. It doesn't tell us what she did. I think she freaked. <laughs> Secondly, and finally, the wide advantage kept Joseph from crippling despair. His circumstances could so easily have crushed him. Could they not? Betrayed, forgotten, despised, slandered. Joseph was a prime candidate for putting up the white flag and quitting on life. Like I've seen so many people do, just quit on life. I'm not going to try anymore. And it's when everything goes south for you and me that Satan creeps in and whispers in our ear his
2: favorite four-letter word. You know what his favorite four-letter word is quit, quit, quit.
1: He wants to take circumstances that don't go our way, like what happened with Joseph, where we don't understand what God's doing where we're hurt with what other people have done, we're wounded, we're offended, we're bleeding on the inside, and and we can't sense God, and the devil comes in and says, why don't you quit? Quit on your dream. Quit on your goals. Quit on your marriage. Quit on trying again. And even quit on God, on Christianity, on your
2: walk with him. But Joseph never quit, and he didn't have the New Testament. No, he got up every
1: day in that prison, And he placed his hope in God. And how did he do it? The why advantage. He saw the bigger picture. He knew that God was in charge. He had a plan. And he was chosen to save many people alive. And So he said, I'm going to keep my eye on that. Consider your Lord. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for, watch this
2: now carefully, for the joy set before him, the future, He endured the cross, his trouble. For the joy set before him, his resurrection,
1: being Lord of Lords, King of Kings, being the Redeemer of the world, millions and millions and hundreds of millions being delivered from hell and ushered into the gates of heaven because of his shed blood. For the joy set before him, he endured his trouble, the cross. How did he endure that cross with people that he had healed and taught and blessed? Looking at him, sneering at him, cursing him, mocking him. How do you endure that, Father? Forgive them. They know not what they do. How do you do it? His eyes were peeled on the why. On the why. I'm coming back from the dead. I'm gonna be at the right hand of the Father. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do away with the devil's keys to death, hell, on the grave. I'm going to set millions and millions of people free. That was the joy set before him, and that's where his focus was when he went through the cross. Even if you can't see how your story is ultimately going to unfold, his plans for you, listen, the bigger picture, who you are in him and why you're here, will carry you through almost anything. Can you stand with me today? Can we thank him today that he's in charge? Can we just lift our hands tonight and say, thank you, Jesus, that you're in charge of my life. And thank him, he's going to turn your struggles into good. Come on, thank the Lord. Thank him that his plan is coming to pass. He's at work every day. You're on the potter's wheel every day. You are his workmanship every day, created in Christ Jesus unto good works and you have the why advantage. Oh, you and I have the why advantage. We've got that vertical, bigger picture advantage. It'll carry us through anything. Can we just thank the Lord right now? Thank you, Lord, for the bigger picture. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Lord. I preach this out of the word. I preach it out of my own experience, too. Oh, my. I remember, and this won't take long. But i got to tell you this, because this is so real to me. I knew I was called when I was a teenager. I started preaching when I was 19. And so my my initial thought was, well, I'm going to go take the world right behind Billy Graham next year. And and so was I in for a shock when nothing I envisioned happened? Just the opposite.
0: In today's message, Pastor Jeff showed you the importance of embracing a love that transcends all tribulations. Despite personal feelings, you need to always choose to radiate God's love to everyone you encounter. By extending love to those you dislike, you not only reflect the unconditional love God has for everyone, but also contribute to healing and reconciliation. Embrace the truth that sharing God's love is the most powerful catalyst for positive change. I'll hand it over to Diane, who will let you know more about Hardwired.
2: You've been listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Would you be interested in helping support this ministry as we further the gospel? All you have to do is go to hardwired.org and click on Donate. We're so grateful for your continued support in listening to this program and also investing in the ministry. Once again, the website is hardwired.org to donate. Here's Daniel one more time with a sneak peek about the next edition.
0: In his next message, Pastor Jeff shows you the significance of navigating the darkness of this world with the light of God's love. Regardless of the challenges that you come across, choosing to find hope is the lifeline that will get you through the most difficult of times. Even in the worst of circumstances, hope has the strength to pierce through your despair and give you an avenue forward. In moments of uncertainty, always let God's hope guide you to the light of the Lord. Thanks for taking time to be with us today as we studied God's Word. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Jeff, visit hardwired.org. On behalf of Pastor Jeff and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again, right here on Hardwired.